0: every night so yeah, after I left home my dad got an electric milker <laughs> <laughs> after I left home he got a baler to put up hay
1: <laughs> really so you were doing most of the heavy lifting the milking well, and my the brother
0: <laughs> he was three and a half years younger yeah yeah he was lazy yeah. I mean he didn't always want to do what he what he was supposed to do <laughs> so <laughs> yeah
1: That was the voice of Jan Dennis, Jima, my grandmother, who passed away at the ripe and beautiful age of 87 years young this past weekend. This episode, we talk about a person from really another era and get to hear her view on life, her stories, from depression stamps to growing up on a farm to building family and community and some great advice, really, on being a good parent. So about anthropology, it, it's really all about kinship, or the ties that bind us, that go well beyond our blood or DNA testing, and is very often about choice, about the choice to make commitments and care about people. And that was the case with my grandma. We were not related except through through marriage. Uh, Later, and she she chose to adopt me into her family, as the, the oldest grandchild, and really through my whole life to support me in running and hockey and sports and college, and just was always there, um, with wisdom. She's an indelible optimist. She's funny. She's <laughs> she's got so much to give, and you know she was the type of person that would shop all year and maybe even the year before, looking for that perfect gift to give every child and grandchild and person that she knew she also knew everything about everyone in the community an extended community and their kids away at college and wanted to share that with others and wanted you to pray for them or think about them and look them up if you hadn't talked to them in a while um yeah she held it all together um in terms of running uh, she was never a sore loser. She just loved running. She loved the challenge and she loved traveling, like that travel running experience to go to new places and to pull <laughs> to pull my grandpa out of the house and go to go all around the state and eventually down to races in Florida and in other places. But the ones you'll hear the most about are around Michigan. So she talks about that as well and about some of the things that kept her going until the very last days walking, walk, running in the last few years of her life, walking miles and miles um, almost every day um, through those cold Michigan winters as well. Um, Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And I just am grateful to have the opportunity to share this with you, uh, especially with my friends and family and give them a chance to kind of learn, continue to learn from her and maybe hear some unexpected stories. Thanks for being with us. If you have something to share, we'd love to hear from you. And especially for my family members to, uh, to add on to this, to continue to pass on the love that she gave us. Thank you. grandma. Um, okay. I, I wanted to ask you about growing up and some of your memories, which you're always sharing with us, so that I have them uh, have them down and have them saved. And I can remember them because my memory is much worse than yours is most of the time. Um, uh, so let's start off. I, I know that your parents, um, they lived through part of the depression, so they, they started a they had a self-sustaining kind of farm uh, where you wh- when you were growing up?
0: Yep. My dad owned uh, 80 acres, and that's what we lived off of, that and then the animals and the crops. And,
1: yeah, he did not work outside the home other than just the farm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, what, uh, what kind of things did, did you have to do on the farm growing up?
0: Well, I was born and raised in the house that that my mother died in. You know, I've never left there until I got married and so um well, we did a lot of different things from the time I was a small child. you know, we helped with the crops and um hauled hay and my dad did not have a tractor in the earlier years. We had horses, huh. and when we got let's see when I used to have to drive the tractor when we finally got one and work the fields. And uh, we did what we called mark the fields before planting. There would be chains attached to a long pole, and they would be maybe two feet apart. And we would walk down the field in one direction, and then we would go across the other way. And where those marks crossed was where they planted the corn or whatever they were planting. So that's how they did it early on. And um, we cut hay with the horses and the mower. And then they had a, what we called the, um, well, they the, it, the southern machine rolled the hay up into bunches. And then we made it into uh, shocks, like a teepee huh. shape.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And
0: and, uh, then we pitched it on the wagon. (laughs) (laughs) And I rode the top of the wagon and spread the hay
1: around. That was so you could feed, obviously feed all the animals you had in the winter, right?
0: Yes, that's what the hay did. It fed the animals. And it bedded, too. It used for bedding, too, for some of the indoor animals, because my dad raised pigs. Uh Uh-huh. Of course, calves and raised them to be slaughter animals at some point, Hmm. and they always butchered their own uh, meat, like pigs. I remember helping butcher pigs, and he had a big old tripod, and they would pull that carcass up to the tripod and then lower it into a bucket of boiling water and then bring it out onto a flat, like a door laid out, and... Scraped it, scraped the hair off, and wow. uh, they saved the skin, and they and that was cooked. It was fried. It was called chitlins. So when you hear people talk about chitlins, that's what chitlins
1: are. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, my sound so good. rendered lard. Uh huh. So yeah, yeah. That was the barn that I I grew up playing in. That was kind of falling right. apart, right? Yeah. Uh.
0: Yeah. That, I think that's the only barn that ever was on the property after they built the barn. My grandfather actually established that farm. Hmm. And, yeah.
1: That so, was in, in Marion, Michigan, right?
0: It was, yes. Yep. And so some of my early, early years were during the Depression because I was born in 34. Okay. And uh, so I remember uh, ration stamps when the everything was being used for the war. Hmm. And so we were only allowed so much with these stamps, and you couldn't sh- sugar was one of the items and So my mother canned food without sugar huh. and then, as we used it, we would have this limited amount of sugar and add to it as like for fruit huh. there was no sugar in it, so
1: they grew their you. own garden yeah their own
0: garden and all their uh, all their food and Um, 100 tomato plants. Wow. If it didn't rain, we had to take our little red wagon with a cream can full of water and go up and down those rows and water those plants.
1: (laughs) It's hard for us to imagine not, you know, just not having an abundance of sugar or, um, what were some of the other things that would usually be rationed, Grandma?
0: Shoes and, uh, I don't know, I don't remember some of the other foods, but, um... Oh, what was it? I was just thinking of something. Uh, Oh, the bicycles. Oh, really? We we had to have our name on the list for a long time to get bicycles. And we grew cucumbers and sold them to get money for our bikes. Yeah. Picked them, and they had a place in town where you would haul all these cucumbers in and sell them to them. Yeah.
1: So... And bicycle was probably one of the main means of transport because you couldn't drive a car everywhere, of course.
0: Well, didn't even have a car to drive. My parents didn't go to town only once a week to buy groceries. Hmm. And when I was old enough to go to Sunday school, I walked. It was about probably a good mile, and I walked to Sunday school.
1: Hmm.
0: So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and if you finally got a bike, then you could bike to places in town, I'm sure. Uh,
0: well, we really didn't too much. We weren't allowed to just go off like that. Huh. <laughs> we rode it around the house and up and down the road by the house. and Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: We had fences, you know, around everything. And uh, even as a small child, I was allowed to pretty much run free. They didn't worry about the kids today then like they do today, I mean. Out in the barnyard, in with the chickens and all that stuff, and we had an electric fence around the barnyard to keep the cattle in. Uh huh. And every once in a while, some extra kid would show up and grab on that fence, and they couldn't let go because it was
1: electric. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then we had to turn it off to get them loose. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. You know, I that that kind of makes Grandma. I don't know the exact numbers, but you have many grandkids and a growing number of great-grandkids. Do, do, do you know the exact number right now? Of course I
0: do. <laughs> I have 12
1: grandchildren,
0: and I have nine great-grandchildren.
1: All right, and I'm sure more to come. Gretchen, my eight-month-old, is one of those greats. Um, she's the youngest. Yeah. She's,
0: right now she's the youngest, month, yeah, yeah.
1: But there, I think there are more to come because I'm, uh, you know, the oldest of my generation, and I still got some in high school and uh, some coming yeah, up in school. Well,
0: I'm not sure how many more to come. There's a few of them that don't want kids, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Have to
1: see. So yeah. you, you get to see them, at, Grandma. I should tell, remind everybody that you came to almost everyone's sporting events and stuff like throughout. I mean, I know you were at tons of my hockey games, all the important ones, and running events, marathons that I was in. You came to those. Right. Kelsey's um,
0: basketball and track and um, what she did and Jordan's. I, I went to all his stuff. He was closer. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So what, what were sports like for you growing up, you know, for girls and for young women at that time? What, what could you do and what was, you know, what was offered for you to do sports?
0: I played basketball,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there was, I'm not sure if we had a softball team or if we just did that as a recess thing. They didn't, no track, none of that kind of stuff for the girls. Hmm. And uh, I was a cheerleader, and so that's kind of a sporting thing, I guess. But, um, yeah, we didn't have the the things like that. Hmm. And my mother played basketball, too, back in the day.
1: Oh, really? Huh.
0: Yeah. When she played, it was three parts to the court. There was one end, the center, and another end, and you couldn't cross from one to the other. And then when I played, it was half court.
1: Huh. So things have changed a lot. Yeah, and now, you know, you follow all the. I mean, Benzie Central is just. uh a mile away and you follow well you followed for decades they're they're running I did I don't so
0: much anymore but I try to keep track of what's going on so there's still a few kids that are participating that I know them through their parents Uh but there's an awful lot that I don't know anymore
1: so what what kind of things did you do for the for the team when when you had kids there or for you know or later when you had grandkids there
0: well, mostly, I think, just being there. And I would take some of their favorite candies and stuff along, you know. But um, I, mostly just just going to it. And uh, if somebody needed a ride home, I'd, take, I'd bring them home. And, yeah.
1: Along so, with, uh, I know of a couple of cross-country races that I went to where you were kind of uh, holding the lines and setting stuff up Oh, a yeah, bit.
0: I did. I did the ropes for cross-country, and then I also... I didn't time, but I handed out sticks for a track,
1: oh, okay. For
0: running races. Yeah,
1: that's important.
0: So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Times. Now I've been replaced. It's all electronic.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I I just um I did timing for a race on Saturday, and it was just one person. You know, everyone's chips running across. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cross country is yeah. the same, but. <laughs> Grandma, I also wanted to ask you, I, I just recently learned in the past couple of years, because uh, Megan's family is from Grand Rapids, that, that you went to college there, and I I didn't know that, and I was wondering if you could tell me what that was like and, and what you did there.
0: Well, I went to a business college. It was called Davenport Institute at that time. It is now Davenport University because they have built their own campus. At the time that I went, it was in the in a second floor above a shoe store, right right in the center of Grand Rapids, and uh, when I went there, there was a home called Esther Hall, and it was a big, one of the big old homes up on Lyon Street, and it was for girls that were coming into college or whatever from out of town, Hmm. and and so that's where I stayed when I went down there, yeah, because I was only 17 when I went down.
1: Wow. Wow. Did, did you yeah, find, you were, was, was, that, was that useful? Did you learn a lot towards what you would do in the future, or was it not very applicable?
0: Well, I didn't use too much of that, but I think anything you learn, you use without yeah. even realizing it, you know. Yeah, and it was good for me to get away from home. I did work in an office there for a while. Oh. It was a food brokerage that I was the secretary for huh. until I got married. So I was going to tell you, too, I went to school when I was four. Really, huh? And the bus came and picked me up. And Grandpa was the one that took me on the bus because they lived across the road from us.
1: Oh, <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So I was only seventeen when I graduated because I was young.
1: Yeah, so. started early. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't very normal to have, uh, you know, four and early fives back then. I'm sure.
0: No, they didn't have any of that. No. No, he just went there and went in the kindergarten room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so we skipped over a little part there. Um, I wanted to ask you. I don't know if I've ever heard you talk about it. How you met Grandpa, and then how what happened while he was while he was in the service. What what he did in the service.
0: Well, they were neighbors, of course. I just told you he took me to school, so I I had known him almost my whole life. And he was thirteen or fourteen when they moved into town, but his parents and my parents were friends for years and years and years. So we saw we just saw a lot of each other, and we really didn't date until he let's see. He was in the Navy and I was in college, hmm. and uh, he was stationed on the Atlantic Ocean at Norfolk. And he was an electrician's mate huh. in the service, yeah. And, of course, that was during the Korean War. But his ship was never in the war. They transported a lot of troops to Japan. Okay. But they weren't under fire or anything, yeah. So.
1: He definitely would go on to use the uh, electrician's training and, and lots of stuff. <laughs> he did. He was an
0: elect like, he was an electrician at the pet milk factory in Frankfurt. Oh. When we that's why we moved up here because he got that job. And uh so that's what he did with the electrician's
1: Neat. learning that he had. And then it just the, the plane uh building planes and flying them was just a hobby.
0: It was a hobby. Yes yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. In the later uh-huh. years. How Did you guys get married while he was still in the service or when he came back?
0: No, uh-uh. No, he was out. <laughs> yeah. He graduated in 49 and 50. He must have gotten out of the service in 53, maybe, and we weren't married until 56.
1: Okay. Had a few years back, uh, back home. And when did you... Um, I I don't want to jump too far forward, but when did you start managing the the bakery, uh, or did you do something before that?
0: Uh, When we moved up here, I had five kids. (laughs) Patrick was not born yet, Bruce was two, and so I was pretty much at home taking care of kids, and when Pat turned five, I went to work at the grocery store downtown as a cashier, and then my boss decided to build the shop and save market out south of benzonia, and that's when I took over the bakery.
1: Oh, okay. and that's, I did that for twenty five years. I never did anything else, so yeah, as long as I could remember we would visit when we'd come to visit, we'd find you at the bakery if if you were working, yeah, of right. <laughs> uh, yep
0: <laughs>
1: but um so uh I guess jumping forward a little bit from grandpa's hobbies to your hobbies um At some point in time, you became a huge runner, and um, how did that start? And why, you know, what was it like uh, starting running then?
0: Well, Les was in cross country, and we had taken him up to run the Mackinac Island race. I think it was before his senior year. And I said, I want to do this someday. And so I started out in the orchard running from one tree to the next, and when I got brave enough i went out on the road and ran from one power pole to the next and that's how i started (laughs) one of the first races i ran i thought it was a 5k and i went down and got all signed up and discovered it was a 10k so i ran it anyway
1: (laughs) that's funny i don't think you ever told me that Um, what, what, what were the what were some of your favorite races that you trained for or that you ran well,
0: I like I Mackinac Island, and of course, we had the team marathon here around the lake, and we, I, we trained and ran that every year. And I liked the crim, I liked the old Kent. That was the furthest one that I did. It was 15 miles. Uh-huh. And um, Cherry Festival was another favorite. I traveled yeah. all over the state when Grandpa was alive to drive me, <laughs> and then after he was gone, I didn't go as far. I still, still ran some, but I didn't go as far.
1: So, yeah and yeah. you've you've continued um you might not be moving at a running pace, but you get out there almost every day, rain or shine or sleet or freezing, <laughs> and you're so i'm I'm always impressed by that, I want to do that too um, oh yeah.
0: yeah, well, some days you get up and say, oh, "I don't really want to go, but you know what it took me six months to get to the point where I wanted to go running, and I felt like I had to go, and after that
1: it's it's addictive. Yeah. You probably know that. Yeah, yeah, you feel like, oh, I don't feel right if I don't go out for a run or, yeah. <laughs> now I'm, yeah. you know, I, I'm in my 40s now. I can go a day in between. That's that's fine. Rest days are good.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. have to give myself permission to not go some days.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of those oh. races I've I've done, and some of them I've done with you, like the the Crystal Lake uh, Team Marathon with family, and the, um, the Cherry Festival was up there with Paula and Kelsey and you. Um, right, yeah. And there, there are some really good ones. And the Bayshore Marathon, that, the year that I did it was was a good year. Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about the Team Marathon. I don't know. Kelsey must, must have been... Whoever I was talking to, but anyway, they said that was fun. We ought to do that again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was that your most consecutive? The one that you've done the most in a row of? Or the most
0: probably. Although I, I also did the Onekama, Arcadia, uh, Frankfurt. I did those too, because they were close, and so I would usually go
1: and do those. So. Do they have? Do they have a lot of winter races, or are these mostly in spring, fall, and summer? You know, they
0: have winter races if you want to run them. I, there's one in Traverse City that's called the Frozen Foot. It's a oh five yeah. mile, and that was always my first race of the new year. Huh. And and we would, I would go and run, and we would be all packed, and then we'd go to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't leave till after the race,
1: <laughs> which is where where parents were retired, right? Great, great right. Grandma great yeah, and, yeah.
0: You know, I've also done the Gasparilla a couple
1: times. Oh, did you really? I didn't know that, Grandma. Oh, yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah. Actually, I got uh, Boston Billy's signature on a poster from that.
1: Wow. Yeah. It's it's still probably the same course and, uh, you know, has the same vibe, probably, the Gasparilla pirate vibe uh, for yeah, the weekend.
0: Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably.
1: Um, yeah. That's one of my favorites. That's probably the biggest one in Tampa Bay. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um okay, so we covered a little bit about running. Um I was going to ask you about how how you know when the kids were growing up, what you guys did with youth groups and scouts. I I have heard a few stories, but I don't know exactly what you did or for how long. Oh, well,
0: let me see. As the kids started getting active in activities and of course parents always get involved. I guess the first things were Cub Scouts, which the boys were in, and of course, then they moved on to Scouting, and Grandpa would go on Scouting trips with the boys. He did quite a bit of that, and um, Paula was in Girl Scouts, and I helped out a little bit, not as much, but... um, Let's see. They were all in 4-H, mm-hmm. and we were both we were both leaders. And they were in several different types of thing in 4-H: sewing, and woodworking, and uh, beekeeping, and photography. Yeah, and uh, they were all in. They all took piano lessons.
1: Huh. Yeah. Some of them still <laughs> use it. Some of them still use it.
0: Pat is really the only one that's still into the music scene. He was actually a drummer, but he still likes his music. Uh And I don't know if any of them play the piano now, but Bruce has our family piano,
1: don't (laughs) I? As are are his kids, uh, very into music, so it didn't fall far from the tree there. And, uh, (laughs) And
0: let's see, we worked with the youth group for six years, I think. And uh, those were all 7th through seventh through 12th grade kids uh-huh. and went to Appalachia Service Project three times as leaders.
1: Huh.
0: And uh, still, I still pretty much know where all those kids are. We had 50 on the roads. Wow. They didn't all come every time. But, uh, yeah, I know pretty much where they all are. And some of them have kids in school now or, or graduated already.
1: Yeah. Do do you remember any, um, any epic trips or anything that's really memorable that you took, that you took a group on?
0: We went to Toronto. Oh, really? The church had decided to buy a bus for the youth to use. And so we took this big old yellow bus. We went through Port Huron and went to Toronto. And, um, we stayed at Port Huron in the Methodist Church the first night out. And, uh, Kids sneaking out, you know, (laughs) and boys that thought they were so smart. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Big city. Well, we knew knew they were out, so the girls all ran around and tied the doors shut
0: so they couldn't get in. And they found a door and they came in, and as they came down this hall, grandpa met them right at the corner.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. There was
0: a handful of them that always had to try something, you
1: know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a great story. I, speaking of Canada, I wanted one of the things I had down to ask you grandma is I I know my wife Megan has been doing a lot with our you know our DNA tests and our um you know our family history on my dad's side. She found out, you know, Finland to Canada to Michigan um uh and I I know that you've done a lot of that too. Do you know like before your great-grandparents when they came over and and what uh, what the history was there well i hadn't
0: done as much further back but bruce has kind of gotten interested in it and there was some from ireland and um england was one of the big ones on my dad's side mm. and i don't know if he's gotten into some of the other ones well Dwayne's grandma was a Canadian she was uh, from Quebec huh. and I found a whole bunch of stuff on her that went back and back and back you can't pronounce the names you know they're all French uh-huh. but yeah but um yeah so I've kind of turned it over to Bruce I can't see to do a lot of it anymore and so he's the one that's been having fun with it he had his DNA done too huh. Uh, so so anyway it's fun to find something
1: yeah, it's right. useful. Sometimes they'll send you a message and say, "Oh, you have a DNA relative," and sometimes you know yeah, about them. Yeah,
0: I get em. that. That's what I get on the computer. Yeah, to, from mine. Yeah.
1: Sometimes and you don't some know about them.
0: them. That some of them that have popped up were people I I knew who they were.
1: Uh huh. Oh
0: so, yeah.
1: All right, so uh, let's see here. I think we covered most of it. Um, do you have any uh, any goals for this year, Grandma? Are you doing any uh, any walking events or any anything up, up no, there? just no?
0: trying to survive. <laughs> survive another year. <laughs>
1: getting getting through the winter in Michigan is no easy task. Northern Michigan. They, they
0: were gonna have a hard one. Oh really? No. Yeah, yeah. I see the caterpillars. With their stripes, you know, they always say, whether they're wide or narrow, what kind of winter it's going to be, and crickets. We have had so many crickets this year, huh. and I don't know if that's a, good, a sign that they're coming in, that it's going to be a hard winter or what,
1: but, uh, yeah. Well, the doors so. are open in Florida. You know, you can always yeah. <laughs> come down here. You have your daughter and us. And, um <laughs> So one last thing I had down, Grandma. If you had some advice or something that you learned, or a couple things that you'd want to pass on to your great grandkids, um, what what would it be?
0: Hmm. <laughs> Follow your dreams, I guess. Or if you think you want to do something, then work at it, and you can do it.
1: Yeah, work work ethic is <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, I think you're right. If if you work hard at something enough, you can you can do it and
0: yeah, you set a goal and and maybe it takes you 10 years to get there, but you just keep plugging away.
1: So, yeah, that's yeah. that's a good reminder for me too. There's a lot of a lot of things that don't come easy. <laughs> and be good parents. Today's yeah.
0: society does not have a lot of good parents. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, what 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 were the things that you thought paid off the most as being a parent, Grandma, that you'd say this this is important to do?
0: Well, I think being involved in what your kids are doing, and uh, I don't know. I guess I was about at a point where if both parents didn't work, you didn't make much headway,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and so the job I took, I took because I went to work early in the morning, and I was out when school got out. Oh, okay. And so then I was home with the kids. And uh, so I don't know if my working set an example for them or not.
1: But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it makes for a very very long day, though. I, I know the bakery has very early hours.
0: Yeah. Well, I was younger then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Grandma, and thanks for, thanks for always supporting all of us. Are
0: you still recording?
1: Uh, yes, yes, it was still recording. <laughs> that was a fitting end to a interview over many days, filled with bloopers and, on my part, um, and so grateful to Grandma for telling us a little bit about her story and her life. It gives me a lot to to carry on, and like many of us we we won't be able to be there in person when we remember her but we can do things like this and hope that you can contribute too if uh, among my family or friends that know her could share out on the blog site stories that you remember it's running anthropologist and i know that many many of you too um, just. We love you, Jima. It's been a tough year, and you have, as as usual, you've helped get me through it. And all of the, every time we think of you, every time we do something that reminds us of you, you're with us. We love you, Jima. May you rest in peace. May God greet you with open arms in heaven. And may peace be with all of you.